Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. And we are here to discuss something actually really fun and personal. My appearance on season 30 of The Ultimate Fighter, which actually just premiered on ESPN+. Plus. If you want to watch it, get ESPN+. Plus. It's a pretty inexpensive monthly fee for it. And you can watch all of the ongoings of The Ultimate Fighter 30. And you can see your boy Bobby Maximus in action. Joe, what do you think of the premiere? Man, that was fun. What a ride. And, and you know, it's interesting because obviously I knew you were going on the show. I knew a lot of what you were going through to get on the show. Right. And then like the excitement of like, I'm going to be on it and then getting ready for it and then being out of touch for, geez, five weeks that you were in complete and total lockdown and not knowing what was going on. And now to actually be able to see like what was going on is like super cool. It's uh, it's been a fun experience on my part. So I was uh, I was stoked to see the episode last night. Good. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it and I'm glad you've been a part of this journey. I mean, what a lot of people don't see on the show is the stuff in the background. Right. Like they Mm -hmm. don't see that. I left my home for six weeks. Uh, Lisa, my wife, was on her own with the kids. That's a huge sacrifice on her part. Yeah, absolutely. Like I couldn't have done it without her help. And, uh, and there, were, there was a lot of, you know, prep for that. There was a lot that you had to consider knowing that you were going to be gone. And, and even like for from for my part of just trying to help cover some of your clients while you were gone, making yep. sure that all the work that we do together was able to maintain without any not, no input from Bobby Maximus for that entire time. Um so we, we had to really try to plan ahead. And, and I think we did a pretty good job, all things considered. You know, we didn't really drop the ball on anything while you were gone. You came out, you were able to, to take your time and kind of come back to reality, which I think we'll talk about a little bit uh, and just kind of pick that ball up and, and continue running with it. And now here we are. Now we're finally seeing the fruit of all that labor. So oh, like for I sure. said, it's, and, it's been great. And I mean this genuinely, and I'll thank you publicly. Look, I couldn't have done this without you either. Oh, happy because to do what, it, man. What people don't understand is that when you're gone for six weeks, the world doesn't stop. No, not at all. See, uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, maybe you don't know the background, but we're in a house with no newspapers, no TV, no radio, no contact with the outside world. Well, so let's let's kind of dive in right there. Right. So uh, obviously, you know, you found out you're going to be on the show. Um, there, there's a lot of that process that we could go into. I'm going to fast forward to uh, you have to go to this hotel. Now, yep. How long were you in the hotel? Before so we were, you even got locked down. I actually, I actually don't even know because I'm on a really serious NDA. I don't even know if I can tell you how long I was in this hotel for, but there was a prep period. Before yeah, it was like, it was like a quarantine, right? Cause we were still right in the, in the height of COVID yeah. at this time. So, so we had a quarantine and it's like basically to get you ready. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, like to, to, to talk about this, like I use most of my time trying to catch up on work because what I was saying was I'm going to be gone for six weeks. Like you, you look at all the stuff that we do and let's just take a ladder because we're you know partners in that. Yep. If an emergency happens, you can't get a hold of me. No. Uh, I'm handing over my clients. Uh, if something happens, like, you know, from my wife's perspective with the kids, she can't get a hold of me. And so I'm locked down. So I basically had to use all my time before getting on the show. Actually, let me put this in perspective for the listener. Imagine you were going to have to cram six weeks of work <laughs> into like a couple of weeks so that you can go away. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. Like yeah. those six weeks, I had to do all of that work in advance. So I was like working all the time to try and get not even caught up, 
to try and get work in the bank. Like I was writing Instagram posts in advance. I was doing all our ladder programming in advance. I was doing videos in advance. I was getting client programs written in advance. Like I was, you know, probably for December and January, like the minute I found out I was on the same for sure, Joe, Mm -hmm. I was working around the clock to try and cram extra hours in. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and I know like that, that, I don't know exactly what the time frame was like a week or so leading up to the point where you had to like turn over all your electronics and go completely mm-hmm. dark. Um, it was hustle time. And, yeah. and we had, we had more than that week. Like we had a lot of time to talk about like, okay, we should probably have this in place. We should do that in place. And I think if people look back I'd, honestly, a bunch of your fans probably had no idea you were gone because we were still posting content on your Instagram. We were still, you know, posting new, we, we, we launched a, a six week challenge in the ladder app while you were locked down. And, and I think most people probably didn't even realize that you were gone because of how well we were able to pre-produce, get all of that content created ahead of time. And I know that time um, leading up to the lockdown, uh, you spent a lot of time recording videos, uploading them because we had so much stuff to pick from, to choose from, to try to continue to keep that content going. Oh, yeah. And you know what it taught me, Joe? The the lesson here is it taught me how to be more efficient than I ever could have imagined I could have been. Yeah. Because when you're when your back's against a wall like that, when you're trying to fit that much work into a short period of time, your decision making gets sharper. On your focus, too. Right. Because yeah, like, focus. well, and I think there's two parts to that one, because you you know the importance of what you're doing, like, you know, the value of what you're doing. But then also you've got this other big thing kind of looming over you. And there's really nothing you can do about it at this point. Like it's coming. Oh. And so you kind of need something to distract yourself. Otherwise, you'll freak out just thinking about it all the time. Well, and and the other thing is, is, again, the world can't fall apart. Yeah. Like not when you own a business, like I don't work a job just to be clear for all you guys. I don't work a job where I clock in and clock out. Mm -hmm. When you own your own thing, when you run your own thing, you're the source of revenue. You have to be on the clock 24, seven, 365 to a degree. Yep. Right. Like you have to keep putting out content. So you can't just say, fuck it and disappear. It's not like you don't show up to work because there were people on, on the show who just as an example, uh, Chandler, who's a corrections officer, when he goes home from work, he's done. Yeah. He's finished, you know? And so, so I didn't have that luxury. So anyway, a lot of planning went into even being able to get the opportunity to be on this thing to prep. Okay. Now I want to jump through time here. So, uh, uh, late one night they come knocking, uh, Mr. McDonald, uh, hand over all your electronics. You're done. And then it's dark time. So you make your last phone calls, you go in. A bunch yep. of stuff happens. We're going to have to wait for all the shows to come out to find out exactly what. Yep. And then you get out. Tell me yep. what it was like after being completely separate, completely focused on that one thing. You come back to reality. What was that experience for you? Man, I had a really hard time adjusting to life. Uh, and I'll just tell you kind of a funny story. So I'm having a drink, right? I'm at the hotel bar. Mm-hmm. This is the day I got out of the house and I'm just having a bourbon. I just want to be left alone. And I look up and there's four televisions and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, we're at war with Russia. This is fucking weird. (laughs) And then, or there's some type of invasion or something going on. And then gas is now like nine bucks a gallon. (laughs) And then I'm watching 
James Harden. I think it's James Harden. He's in a Philadelphia 76ers uniform. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Now, if you don't give a shit about basketball, you don't know who James Harden is. But the Nets, they're the evil empire. They put this super team together. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why does that guy on Philly look like, what the fuck is going on? And then they zoom in on him, and it's actually James Harden. And I'm like, I need to, fucking, I need to go to bed. I don't know mm-hmm. what's happening in the world anymore. Oh, oh and, and, and like... Way, Oh, COVID also disappeared. I was going to say that COVID's just gone COVID's now. gone. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Nobody has masks. Everything's good. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go to bed and wake up and deal with this tomorrow because I am I am too tired and too discombobulated right now to even. So, so this this is just proof positive that the world needs Bobby Maximus. We can't afford to let you go oh, for a month at a time. Like, like, Joe, it was like a mind trip being like, did I miss this much? Because when you're yeah. when you're in the real world. Five weeks go by and you don't realize how much information you have access to. Yeah. Oh, 100%. and by the way, reintegrating into Instagram, I couldn't even follow where people were. Yeah. I have no clue what's happening. Why are people like it was almost overwhelming. And also there was a bit of culture shock because I was warped back to a time where you actually had to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You couldn't distract yourself with your phone. You couldn't just watch TV. Like we had nothing. Yeah. And so, so having my device felt really weird, really odd. Like I didn't know what to do with it. And actually that's continued. I'm on my phone way less than I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm just not, I'm not interested in it. And that also taught me a lesson, Joe, that like a lot of it, I would have told you before this experience that that stuff was work. Mm -hmm. Honestly, a lot of it is just mental masturbation. Yeah. Walking yeah. around, scrolling, messing around. You know what? You know what happened to my Instagram when I left, Joe? Nothing. Nothing. You know what happened to the podcast? Nothing. Nothing. You know what happened to the ladder? Nothing. Nothing. Like now, there was work done in advance. Don't get yep. me wrong. You didn't just check out. But it just shows you that, like, if you're a person at home, you probably can take a week off and the world's not going to fall apart. You're not that important. Well, I think that that's an important thing. Like, because you talked earlier about you know, owning your own thing and running your own thing. And, and you and I have been at that game for a good long time now. And we've really, we've hustled to get to this point where we're not clocking in. You know, we don't have that, that hanging over us. That's part of our motivation. I don't think I could go back to working like in an office ever again. I think I'm, I'd be like a caged animal. Um, but uh, uh, you, one of the things that you need to keep in mind is this sense that you are replaceable. Because the minute you think you're not, then you've trapped yourself. Now you're stuck. Now you're everything that you were working so hard to get away from. Like, I want to be at a point where I can just take a few days, you know, with the family and take a trip and not feel the weight of everything bearing them. I want to be able to relax. I want to know that if I got hit by a bus, somebody else can pick this up and run with it. That's where I want to be. And that's what I work to create. I'll tell you what, what the reality is. There's probably, Joe, if you got hit with the bus, there's probably only a handful of people that would actually miss you or care. Yeah. Like there, there's people that would be like, oh my God, I miss you so much, but they don't mean it. Mm-hmm. Like it would be your kids, your wife, maybe me, maybe a couple other friends and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody else cares. And, and it's funny because even last night, you know, put my phone away. Uh, I've actually been, been putting my phone on do not disturb at seven at night. And I don't mm-hmm. really change. It's like nothing changes, Joe. Yeah, I it will. I wake up to a test. Yeah, messages. Like, hey, yep. Did you check the basketball game? Uh, do you want to hang out tomorrow? Like nothing has changed in my life. So I've actually 
this experience has taught me to like take control of my life back versus being constantly attached and screwing around. If that makes sense at all. So that was kind of my reintegration. It was that, first of all, that like feeling shell-shocked at like trying to reassimilate all this information. And then the other side of it is like, okay, I just went from this, this six week vacuum of no phones, no nothing to all of a sudden information overload. Mm -hmm. Now, and now I'm trying to process the show because we watched episode one last night. And so now I'm trying to like relive this thing I've already been to. So, so Uh, tell me what that's like now you, I mean, you were there, you experienced these things and now you're seeing like how it's cut together. How does that, like, what's that experience like for you having been there and then now seeing what they've done with what you did? Yeah. I mean, I got to be really careful how I talk about this, obviously, because mm-hmm. I can't give away television. But, but, let, let me add, let me ask you this way. Is it weird to see yourself on TV in that context? Yes, to a degree. And the weirdest thing is if you look at last night, here's something I can't tell you. They they show us on the show getting into the house. Mm hmm. And then they show a couple of timelines, like four days away from the fight, five days away from the fight. Like they actually show that. Mm-hmm. How long was that episode? 40 minutes, 49 minutes, 39 50, minutes, 53 minutes, 53 minutes. So let's use the timeline. They set up four days pre-fight. Like they said, four days out from the fight. Like I remember that being yeah. flashed on the screen. Yep. So they literally on TV showed I'm going to get my calculator out here so I don't goof up the math. Four days times 24 hours, Joe, times 60 minutes. They showed 53 minutes out of a potential 5,760. <laughs> and, and just to be clear, again, because people at home probably aren't familiar with how this is produced, you're on camera the whole time. Yeah. Like so they've like, got cameras in that house that the lights are always on. They're always filming. So it's not like you get, you get free time away from the cameras. No, it's, it's less than a percent of the week. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm watching this, but I also have all the background, right? I know all the conversations. Mm-hmm. I know everything. Like it was actually really interesting because with Zach and Niall fighting, um, you know, they showed some clips of me training with Zach. Yeah. I was there and Zach's partner for every training session he had leading up to that fight. Mm. That was on TV for what? 30 seconds. Not even honestly. 25 was, seconds. Like yeah. It was so quick. Before. So, you know, I got, I got to see all that behind the stuff too. So on the other hand, it's really cool for me to watch because I lived the experience. Yeah. And I have a personal connection to everybody. Oh, and that was going to, that was going to be my next thing. Like, cause now you're seeing like how they're portrayed, but you also, you spent a lot of time with these people. Again, I, I, people at home probably aren't familiar, but you're all in that house. Like the people you're fighting, you're like having breakfast with, yeah. and, you know, you're hanging out with during the day, you know, like it's not reality, just, it's not, it's not just the face off poster where no. you just glare at each other for 30 seconds and then like, you know, shake hands and walk away. There's no, like no, no, a or lot you of fought, person. You fought, like there's a lot of people that, that you would fight that, that are nameless yeah. faces people essentially like you show up on fight night you're there maybe you see them at the way and maybe you see an interview Mm -hmm. but here you're actually living in a space with somebody yeah so it's it's a it's a pretty incredible thing that you that you that you have to go through and it's not it's not like a normal fight joe Mm because a normal fight uh uh the matchmaker mick from the ufc would call me up he'd be like do you want to fight this guy uh yeah sure why not 
And I know nothing about the person. Maybe I watch some videotape on them. Yeah. This, it's like a person I'm having breakfast with. Yeah. Person I'm having lunch with, the person I'm in pool with. You know, it's, 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 it's a wild experience. Well, I, maybe you can answer this question because this would be interesting. Um, how much time did you have to prep for a fight? Because I know they don't announce them all on day one. You know, like, hey, this episode, you two are fighting. Next episode, you two. Like, you might only find out that week, right? I mean, the reality is you don't have a lot of time. And, and I'll, I'll compare it to like a real fight, Joe. Mm-hmm. In a real fight, you might have three months. Right. How long was I away? Six weeks. Okay, so at a minimum, at an absolute minimum, half. Yeah. Right? And in the house, uh, this isn't, again, I got to be careful what I give away, but it's not giving away anything <laughs> but the show. Uh, in, in, in a, in a six-week period or five-week period, you could potentially have two fights. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you, you might actually be getting kind of close to somebody and then find out that's your next fight. Yeah. So like, you don't, yeah, dude, you don't got a lot of time. It's, it's yeah. fucking show up, do your thing and go home. Well, if people refer back to the episode we did with Elliot Marshall and we talked a lot about the prep for that fight and there was a huge delay because he had gotten really sick uh-huh. and, and it got pushed off. So you had even more time to prep for that. That's, that. Yeah. That, that experience, like you can, I, I made the joke in the episode of like having a picture of Elliot on your mirror in the morning. You used to just stare at it and think about how you were going to like, Oh, by the way, I didn't him like him. I didn't no. even know him. Like, but now, were, but now imagine the two of you are roommates. And you've been yeah. living together for a while. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you guys are fighting next week. Literal roommates, Joe, living on <laughs> yeah. the same roof. That's how yeah. it is. And by that's the way, intense. that's a challenge, too. Mm-hmm. I'm a grown ass man. I, I ain't. I mean, that might have been fun in my college dorm days. Right. Like, man, I'm I'm a guy with a wife. Do I like to go to bed with every night? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I got kids. I got, man, I'm too grown to be in a house with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Like they like, so that, and, and listen, I had a wonderful experience, but it's, it's, that's a hard experience as well. Sharing your space with people. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then again, it's, it's not even like, uh, uh, an ideal circumstance. You know, you're in a room with like four other guys. And like yeah, I said, I mean, and, and plus you're on the camera, the lights are on. Like it never, never shuts off. There's no reprieve from all of that. No, it's a hard experience. People never under, you can't even explain it to people, put it that way, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then you think about like, even the stuff I haven't talked about, it's hard being away from your wife for six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, and then trying to integrate back into that mm-hmm. because she's going to have a whole routine. She had to hold your routine when I came home, stuff's different, man, the baby Hunter Oh my God. He like, all of a sudden he's talking and shit. And I'm like, (laughs) he's got a job. He's like, he's smoking Marlboro's. He's like, (laughs) like a different dude. How are you? He, he went from like a, he went from like a person that couldn't barely communicate to baby Stewie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You like a family guy. You'll have to look at baby Stewie, but it's kind of like, it's, it's a really difficult challenge, but um, you know, watching the, I felt a lot of pride watching the episode last night. Um, because it like, we all put a lot of work into that. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that unfold, seeing the fight, seeing the interviews, man, it, it made me really proud. So uh, you were on uh, or season two and yeah. now here you are on season 30. Yes. So 
I mean, your experience in trying to understand that, like we're trying to put together a show. How much from from just watching this first episode, how much evolution do you see in the show? You know, a lot. And I think I think for me, there's two things. I think, number one, the show being on ESPN uh, and the direction of it. I feel like back in the day, it used to be about drama. Mm -hmm. There actually wasn't much drama last night. It was more of a celebration of the sport and fighters. Well, yeah. And I would say there was there was more um, getting to know the people, yes. not not trying to pit them against each other, if that makes yes, sense. That's exactly it. And so yeah. that that there's certainly a difference in tone. And that's also network based. Right. The right. original stuff was on Spike TV. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there was crazy mm-hmm. shows like that, a thousand that, ways to kill your lover or a thousand ways to die. Or that was the first network for men. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't, it was kind of goofy, not like well-informed, well-read men. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, (laughs) it was, you know, it it was what it was now it's on ESPN. It's a legitimate sport and it's evolved. It's went from barroom brawling to real athletes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real. But that's, that's certainly changed. Um, and, and I like to see that because as stuff evolves over the years, like I'm glad it's looked at at a real sport. It's something that I love. It's something that's given me everything I have. Mm -hmm. I love that it is looked upon like that. All right. I have two more things I want to discuss before we wrap this up. So the first one, this is this is huge. You were picked last. How did that go over for you? Man, fuck. there's like it's like two sided. Right. Uh, I I said on the show, my interview, I didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. First of all, nobody wants to get picked last. Let's just put that out there. No one likes being rejected. No one. You don't like to look at, you know, seven other people and think, wow, are all these people better than me in, in the coach's eyes? So that, that like kind of sucked, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I meant what I said when I said I didn't give a shit. I'm, I'm there with seven other incredible heavyweights. Guys who are all in their prime, Joe. Mm-hmm. Let's face facts. Let's have a real honesty talk. I'm fucking past my expiry date. <laughs> and I'm 43 years old. And like, listen, I'm the first person to preach. You're never too old. You can do anything at every, any age, blah, 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 blah. But Joe, when it comes to professional athletics, there comes a point everyone is at some point too old. Yeah. Now, maybe it's not like, maybe it's not Tom Brady's killing it at a 45. So, g- 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 I don't know. God bless you. Now, to be right? fair, he's got a whole bunch of guys whose sole purpose is to protect him. <laughs> if you went into the ring with, you know, five offensive linemen in front of you, I think you'd have yeah, a I mean, better chance. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady also made a deal with the devil and drinks children's souls. That's true. Yeah. Whatever he does. But the, <laughs> the the whole thing with it is, is like for every person like that, there are also a bunch of people that get old really fast. Like, let's bring it back to James Harden. James Harden's 33 or 34 years old. Mm-hmm. He looks old in the NBA playoffs right now. Yeah, like he's just yeah. Russell Westbrook looked old this year. Like that's 34, Joe. Yeah. So I'm 43. So like in some ways I would pick me last too. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, it's not just about the fight. It's about the training to get to the fight. I right. can fight for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the training leading up to it. So in ways like I get picking me last, but also if you consider the, look at the people that fought last night, Zach was six and oh, and Niall was five and oh before that fight. Right my lifetime record is like five and four. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're right where I am. They're just younger and in their prime. And it's like, yeah, I was fighting an uphill battle. I'm not going to lie about that. And there's nothing to be ashamed of when you say that. Yeah. The other, the other part of that is 
man, I've been like slept on, rejected my whole life. Like, you know, my story, I was yeah, you know, bullied yeah. pretty heavily as a kid. It all culminated with some kids beat me up and broke my collarbone. I was cut from all the sports teams. I sucked at wrestling when I started, I really had to work for everything I have. And so uh, even, even after that, like Joe, I wasn't like the huge popular guy growing up. Yeah. I didn't have lineups of girls that wanted to take me on dates or wanted me to take them on dates. I didn't get the first opportunity. I didn't get the scholarship. I wasn't mm-hmm. that person. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm kind of used to getting picked last. Well, I'll tell you from, from my perspective, watching the show and just knowing you for as long as I have, I, I loved it. I loved it. it. It it just, it fits who and what Bobby Maximus is. I mean, even, even something as simple, I'll give you another one, Joe, you know, FitCon. Yeah. So FitCon's a huge fitness conference, right? Yeah, it's a good one. And FitCon is in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Great. So FitCon's in Salt Lake City, and they have all kinds of people coming, people that I'm actually like pretty close to. Mm-hmm. Like Chef Rush, C.T. Fletcher's been here, all these people. I'm in Salt Lake City, and these people don't call me to fucking make an appearance. <laughs> They don't call me to have me on a panel. They don't call me. I'm like looked over. And that's great. You want to fly in all these people from out of town. I'm right fucking here. You know what I'm saying, Joe? And that's another example of like, even, and you've been with me long enough to know how many times have I been looked over or lost opportunities in the last five years? A lot. A lot. It happens. Like everyone gets rejected. Everyone gets pushed to the back of the line. Not everyone gets like the opportunity. Um, you know, there's people that get signed to things that I wouldn't, I would have wanted people get opportunities that I didn't get. So what I guess what I'm trying to say is like, dude, I'm pretty comfortable getting picked last and I'm okay with it. It's where I do my best work. Mm-hmm. Like I gave up on that a long time ago because no one, it's funny. If you read like some of my Facebook comments, there's like so many people that, that have no idea how I got here. Cause no one thought I would be here. No. So dude, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. And someone has to get picked last. Great. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, and, and to be honest, like just the fact that you're there at all, like, yeah, it's you've huge already thing. sort of won. Like it's not it, take the top 10 athletes in the world. Somebody's going to get picked last. They're still one of the top 10 athletes in the world. Like you can't really be upset by being in that room. You yeah, know, by being reminds, surrounded by those people. It reminds me of how they do the NBA all-star draft now. Mm-hmm. They like lay out like the, the guys that are all-stars and they have team captains and they can pick. Um, last year, I think it was LeBron and Giannis that got to pick. Yeah. But like someone's got to be last, but that still means you're an all-star in the NBA. This is literally the cream of, cr- of the crop of upcoming fighters in the world. Yeah. I'm cool being there and I'm cool getting picked last. Yeah. Right on. And, and, and it goes, way, it, go ahead. One more thing I hadn't fought in like 15 years, Joe. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, that's the other thing too, is it's like, man, I get it. So I was cool with it, you know, but I will tell you this. Actually, I can't tell you this till the next episode. So we'll forget that. <laughs> All right. That one's under wraps. Uh, but this speaks to, to the second thing that I wanted to ask you about. Um, I, I remember you telling me this story uh, at the end of season two. Uh, it's not even the end. I mean, you got you got eliminated in like the second episode. You had uh, torn your your bicep for people who don't know the whole story. Um, and, and you're off. You're off the show. And obviously you're, you're feeling down. But somebody came up to you and gave you a little pep talk after that. Do you know, do you remember the pep talk I'm talking about? Uh, about how this would turn out good for me? Yes. Yeah, Share yeah. that story. So the, the the head of the show, Craig Pilgrim, he's, he's Pilgrim Productions, who makes his shit. 
Um, I was devastated. Right. And by the way, it wasn't just a bicep. It was like potentially career ending. My labrum was yeah. shot the rotator cuff. Like uh, I actually had like an eight hour surgery for that shit. But um, I was, I was mad. I was upset. I was like, and he said, he said, don't worry, this will turn out good for you one day. This is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because if you look at like season two, I'm portrayed as like whining about an injury. Like I was kind of might've been faking, like it kind of meant some gamemanship. Like, like I, I was making too big of a deal. Dude, I almost had, I had a career ending injury. Yeah. Like I had a fuck ton of surgery. I got scars. I got receipts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can show you like, I had an MRI done on my shoulder recently. And the doctor said, it looks like it's held together with duct tape. <laughs> so like, I'm good. I don't need your judgment. I don't care. But he said, it's all what you do with it. And one day you'll look back on this experience with a lot of pride. And that's how I feel about it. Without the ultimate fighter two, there's probably no podcast without the ultimate fighter two. I'm probably not married to my beautiful wife without the ultimate mm-hmm. fighter two. I probably don't have my kids without the ultimate fighter two. I'm not in men's health. And so fuck, dude, I got nothing but gratitude for it now. And it's true. And so part of the thing that I've learned, it's become part of my philosophy. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. And number two, even if you're the worst circumstance in the world, you can always make something of it. You know, and unfortunately, Joe, not everyone, I'm going to offend a bunch of people, but I don't give a shit anymore. (laughs) I'm not the kid that was born into the trust fund. Mm -hmm. I'm not the kid whose daddy sent him to Harvard or Yale, whose dad gave him a job at the company fucking business. Like that ain't me, man. I've had to work for everything. So get the yeah. fuck out of here with your judgment. I'm good with it. <laughs> but, and, that's, and by the way, that's not most of us. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I love Joe. I love when that guy is like, man, I work so hard and I grind. Oh, must be hard that your dad sent you to Harvard and paid every cent <laughs> and then gave you a seat at the company table and you got a six figure salary. Uh, that, right that, that once a quarter when you got to walk down to the to the mailbox and pull out your dividend just check <laughs> like that must be fucking tough. And I'm not saying you can't be successful. Or you don't put in a hard day's work, but give me a break. You've yeah. had every opportunity. You know what I mean? Like imagine, imagine you had some rich dad or rich mom that gave you $300,000 right now or a million dollars to go follow your dreams, Joe. Makes it a lot easier. I'll tell you that. That's, that's just a reality and not everybody gets to be the golden boy. It doesn't happen. So like, like I said, I'm proud of it. I'm proud to get picked last. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be blue collar. I'm proud to be an underdog. I'm proud to say I've worked hard for everything that I have. Like, I actually didn't know how I feel about it. Watching TV. Fuck. I'm going to get picked last year. Oh my God. Mm. Cause I knew this was coming, you know, like (laughs) obviously I'm like, Oh, what are people going to say? Like, what's going to happen? You know what? Like I didn't give a shit. I was just proud to be there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Proud to be on, on, on team Pena. I have a great relationship with coaches. I, I don't even know if I can say that, but like, it was just, it was just like a really, like I was really proud to watch it last night. And and then here's, here's the other thing. I'm going to be a cocky dick now. If you <laughs> think you could have got picked and you're listening, come fucking fight me. <laughs> I think I put that on your Instagram post about like all these fat uh, uh, armchair fighters with their greasy fingers on a point out that you're too old to be fighting. Like, come, come get, get some. Come get some, man. <laughs> You know, I'm okay with that. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we're we're gonna do more of these episodes uh, as each episode is released. We'll do a little recap. Uh, with any luck, maybe we'll get some of the other participants on the show here in the in the coming episodes. So, everybody, well, stay I tuned. Do, I do want to say one thing though before we get off. Mm-hmm. 
watching the fight last night. Cause obviously like I saw those live. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm super proud of Zach. Zach won. Uh, he looked great. Um, you know, class act on camera and uh, just really proud. Obviously it was my teammate. So really cool to see him do his thing. And Zach, if you're listening, uh, super proud to see you shine, man. Enjoy your moment. And, and, and to the other guy, Niall, man, he's a warrior, Joe. Like those guys fought, they left it all in the octagon. And uh, you saw in the, well, on the, I, I, the I'll, I'll reiterate what you just said to Niall. Like this, it's what you do with this opportunity. Cause yeah. on the show, it was clear. He was super disappointed. He really felt like he let his team Nobody. down. And, and it's like, dude, like I get that. I a hundred percent get that. You you're, you're entitled to that, but like pick it up and keep going, man. Yeah. You, you've come this far. You're an amazing fighter. Like learn from this and come back and do it again. You know what I mean? Like get get back in the ring and, and keep fighting. Here's the thing, Joe. Nobody likes losing. No. Fuck it out here. Like nobody likes that. But what I will say, and I put this on my Instagram, Niles an incredible human, and I look forward to all the greatness like he's gonna do over the years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like because I saw his pain last night on the show. I mean, fuck, I saw it firsthand, and it's yeah. like, man, a lot of these guys on the show. And I'll say this. Over the next 10 years, pay attention because you're going to see some greatness come out of this thing. And it might not be the people you expect. So, Awesome. Pretty exciting. All right, man, that's it. So you guys, if you enjoy the Maximus podcast, here's the deal. I didn't inundate you with ads. Joe didn't <laughs> shove codes down your stupid throat. This is like ad-free whatever. You know what I mean? Where there's no like banners to click on, nothing. The way you can support us if you like this content is share it. Tell everybody you know to get on our download list so we can get our numbers up. That's how we can keep doing quality stuff for you guys. So that's our ask. Just go push this forward. If you listen to this and you enjoyed it, push it. That's all we ask. That's your payment.